haven't hit the notification bell. And in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll see you next week, which I just said. Don't forget to follow up with a good book. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And I'm Valerie Comer, hanging out with Cooney for a few minutes until she decides she's had enough, which usually <laughs> takes, what, hmm, a couple seconds. Yeah, a minute, yeah, not, not long. <laughs> she's already tensing up. Yeah. <laughs> So today, the three of us are going to be chatting about the CCR we've been reading recently, um, just for fun. I know that I've read some good stuff and I have been, well, we've been talking off, off the recording and everybody seems pretty happy about what they've got to talk about. So that is what we're going to do. So um, Narelle, you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay, so um, the first book I'm going to talk about is Releasing on Tuesday. So I'll be very careful in, in terms of not talking about spoilers. And that's To Win a Prince by Tony Shiloh. Ah, you so got an advanced copy, hey? I did. So thank you, you to Bethany House and NetGalley for the advanced copy. Now, have either of you read this book? I have an advanced copy sitting on my Kindle, but I have not gotten to it yet. Okay. No worries. All right. So as I said, this one's releasing on Tuesday, the 13th of September. So I'm finally reading a book that's on time and, and a brand new release for this. You episode. said the 13th, so- right? Is that what? Yes. Okay. Because it sounded for a moment like you said 30th and I'm like, that's a while off yet, but 13th no. is closer. One, three. Yes. So this Tuesday is a sequel, right? Yes. Sequel it to is. Yes. Okay. It is Carry indeed on. the sequel. Tell us all. Yes. Including <laughs> sequel to search. Yes, well, and it really is a sequel. So you know how we've talked about with some traditionally published books, it's like they're little islands. They're set in the same location, but there's often not a lot of connections and you could take or leave or read them out of order and it really makes a difference. This Mm -hmm. one is very much a sequel. which is why I'm going to be very careful about how I actually talk about it because I I love this one I really enjoyed it and I particularly enjoyed it because I had read In Search of a Prince so it's very it does stand alone so you can read as a standalone but I highly recommend reading In Search of a Prince first because it will set the Narelle you're advising reading books in order Yes, I just, I just, yes. I just want to get that clear for our audience. Come, yeah, come to the dark side. Even Narelle's there now. So, oh well, as I said, I do go there with this book definitely because it's a genuine sequel. So what, and it's the one we've been looking forward to because it's Iris's story. So I absolutely adored Iris in In Search of a Prince, and she was Brie, who is now the Queen, mm-hmm. um, and this, it's set in Africa. So I probably won't go too much into the background. We've already talked about that when we had Tony on. We did a whole episode on In Search of a Prince, so you can right. go check that out in our archives. I think it was, I think it was one that released in around about February, March earlier this year, something like anyway, that. I yes. I saw this new feature on YouTube in the back area where I can like maybe make like a little flag that tells you like links to another related video. If I can figure out how to actually do that at this time, I will do that. (laughs) Cool. That sounds so fun. So and people. (laughs) 
So with Iris, um, she is also from the US, like Brie. And so Brie has obviously um, become the queen, which is what happens. There's no spoilers there in the first book. And Iris was her best friend who's decided to stay on the African island with her. And she's a fashion designer. So we actually see her setting up her um, fashion business. And one of her goals is to help the people on the island to actually um, improve their standard of living. So there's um, the one thing she's noticed is a, quite a distinction between the wealthier class of people there and everybody else. And so she'd like to see um, people have a chance to actually improve themselves. That's very American in the way she thinks um, in terms of this improving their standard of living and everyone rises up together is very much Iris. So she has this business set up and um, the hero, now I'm not even going to mention his name, precisely because if you have not read the first book, it will it will spoil the first book. So don't read the blurb of the second book if you haven't read the first book. Because, <laughs> Even the blurb yes. is a spoiler. All right. Okay. Yes. I would literally don't, don't look at it. Read In Search of a Prince first. So the hero is, his journey in this book was completely unexpected. Okay. I did not know. I walked into this book thinking, well, it's probably going to be similar to the first one. It'll be a lot about the palace and the first First book was a lot about palace intrigue and things that were going on to um, thwart Bree's plans to actually take over the throne from her grandfather. But this one is not doesn't have that intrigue and mystery in the same way. But the journey of the hero in this book is absolutely fascinating. And it twisted and turned in ways that I did not expect. Cool. And I love the ending, but it was not where I expected to go. So congratulations, Tony. You had me there <laughs> <laughs> reading and reading and reading. Yeah, to see what actually happened with them. So, and the other another thing that um, came up in this book, in terms of the conflict, it really was Iris looking at, um, being unequally yoked and that's something that not a lot of books go there these days I've noticed yeah. in terms of looking at the that issue of who do I marry and in the first book um, Brie was very aware of that and she didn't want to end up in an arranged marriage with someone who didn't share her faith and that thread of um, being unequally yoked and that actually being an issue in terms of relationships does follow through in this story as well okay. and Iris is very aware of that and that's a lot of her conflict relates to um, she doesn't want to marry somebody who's not going to be on the same page with her in terms of her faith so oh. that's about all I'm going to say but I did really I did really really enjoy this one so if you've been looking forward to it you're in for a big treat. Excellent. Do you I think she left it open for a book three? Uh, no, no, because the epilogue does jump ahead a number of years. She's very much tied it up. Okay. There is there is potential. There would be Iris's brother okay. possibly is the potential for a third book. But the way the epilogue was written, I I'm not expecting a third book to happen. Okay. I think Tony yeah. said when we had her on that it was planned as a duology. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, they, they asked her if she had plans for Iris and she's like, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Junior, who's Iris's brother, would be the character that potentially could be in another book somewhere. And if it was Valerie, um, Junior would definitely be in another <laughs> book somewhere. Yeah. Whole new series. <laughs> yes. We just don't do two books. No. Well, right? there would be four no. more set in that <laughs> island first. And then... <laughs> Guilty as yes. charged. I do it too. Yes. So yeah, not gonna, not gonna lie. 
I, I will ask Tony about it. When yeah. next time she's on Alaska. It's, it's a little bit different um, traditionally published versus indie in that one. So authors don't always have a lot of say in that with the traditional publishing house. Um, and I know that uh, Tony has written quite a few three book series though. Yes. Um, as her indie works. So um, I'm, I'm sure that she would probably prefer that. Just putting words in her mouth. <laughs> uh, but um, but it's different when you don't call the shots on that. Yes, absolutely. Valerie, what's your first book? My first one is To Begin Again by Emily Conrad. It's a third book in her Rhythms of Redemption series. Um, these guys are all members of the band Awestruck. So, and, and Philip is a new member of the band. He's come on after, is it a bassist or a bassist? Bassist. Bassist. Here in America, it would be a bassist. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. uh, I don't even know. So the first bassist with the band um, was fired because of a drug problem. Mm -hmm. And he refused to go to rehab. So Philip is is newish to the band. And he knows why the other guy was fired. So he's hiding the fact that he takes prescription. Um, prescription pain um, painkillers and that to excess oh, um, and it, and it becomes a problem um, he so he has to hide that he's a single dad with two kids and he definitely he signed with this band because it would give him enough money to provide a stable home for his kids to hire um, a nanny who would stay with them when she when he's out of town with, touring with the band and, and stuff like this. So he's he's trying to hold everything together. His wife passed away. Um, so just like just right at the beginning, knowing some of Philip's struggles and he's not a believer and you're just like, I just didn't even really want to be in his head sometimes. I'll just I'll just put that out there. And I didn't really enjoy being in Michaela's head either at the beginning. In fact, Emily. I just about bailed on this book. I'm glad I didn't, but I just about did. Um, Michaela is a young aspiring singer who's been invited to sing a song or two with Awestruck on their new album. She's used to getting her own way, using her body, and she sees Philip as the most likely person in that band to be a stepping stone for her mm -hmm. because he obviously needs a woman in his life. The other two are engaged, so not them. <laughs> At least she's got that much going right? for her. Yeah. Um, so it made me uncomfortable a lot of times in the earlier chapters because neither of them are believers and they're, the way their um, brains are working is probably very realistic. I just didn't like being in their heads so much. But um, Emily Conrad did a really good job, I thought, pulling together the redemptive threads in the first two books. So mm -hmm. I trusted her, and I'm glad I did. Um, that's what pulled me through. And I did, did enjoy quite a lot of the book later on. And I loved the, how it all came together in the end. So it's not an easy read. But if you are somebody who goes, oh, Christian romance is all just sappy sweet and everybody's too good to be <laughs> believed, then maybe you should give Emily Conrad's um, Rhythms of Redemption series a try. 
because this is a little more what we used to call edgy and yet it's the the biblical message the the redemption is absolutely front and center in all three books it's interesting to me that isn't isn't the band meant aren't they singing christian music or are they not i thought i remembered from the first that they were no i've only read the first one so yeah so gannon uh, who's the lead singer and John who's the drummer are believers but the band is not a Christian band okay per se which is an interesting juxtaposition so they're they're careful like what kind of songs that they sing but they're but they're never and their um their band manager isn't a Christian okay he's just trying to get them the best deal from this record company or that tour group or whatever who's gonna you know open for them and all this stuff so so <laughs> it's it's an interesting juxtaposition that way most of the series i've read in the past with um, a band in them have been yeah a, a christian worship band. worship bands mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay and this one is is not so it's, it's there is a interesting and delicate balance in there but yeah. i will definitely yeah. pick up book four when it's available so i guess that yep. proves there you go. I'm going to read through on this one. <laughs> yeah. So with this one, I mean, I haven't started reading any of Emily's books. Mm-hmm. I need to, but my TBI, we all know what my TBR is. We know. Like. Yes. Permanently out yeah. of control. Um, is it written in third person or first person? Because I can tell I, you I'm listening. It up. I'd have is to it? look it up. I don't know. Okay. If it's first person and I'm in people's heads and I'm uncomfortable, I usually do it. I'll be honest about that. So you've now got me thinking. I need to know if these books are first person or third um, person. I think to... I can find it pretty quick. I'm trying to yeah. remember from I read the first one earlier this year, but I can't remember what POV it was. Yeah, if it's third I, person, I'm, I'm I won't be so phased. But if it's first person and I really don't like the person, I'm I'm one of those readers that's fussy about first person. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> if so I love the characters, third. I'm there. It's third. Okay. Okay. She nodded. She leaned back. Amazing yeah, joy cool. washed over her. Obviously, I'm at the end of the book because that's where it came up because I have finished it. <laughs> but uh, no, that's uh, third. Cool. That works for me. All right. So my first is A Wide and Pleasant Place by Valerie Comer. Um, ah. And this is the first in the Farm Fresh Market series. Is that correct? Very good. Very Yay. Good. <laughs> Congratulations. You got I'm it. like, well, I didn't write down the series name. I'm like, that would have been a useful information to write down, <laughs> but I got it. So that's exciting. And I love seeing uh, Brittany Santoro. So if you've read The Urban Farm Fresh, uh, Brittany is the daughter of Winnie, who marries the coffee kiosk guy uh, when her son and his daughter was like, is it? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Her son and his daughter get married. And then the, the two, um, she's a widow and he is a divorced, uh, father. They get married. Um, and Brittany sort of sees the, the chance to seize freedom, uh, because everyone's distracted and no one's really paying close attention and uh, basically makes a complete U-turn from the way that she was brought up to live. Um, and it catches up with her. And she finds herself now at the start of this book, basically doing penance slash exile uh, in Galena Landing, uh, where basically her boss 
Um, I don't think it's spoilery to say she, she effectively had an affair with a client, uh, a married client. So, um, oops, right. Um, so that, that comes out in the first couple chapters, okay. so not, not too spoilery, not too spoilery. And I feel like it was hinted at well enough in one of the urbans as well, that if you've read those, it's not a surprise that Brittany needs her head kicked in a little bit, just gently, gentle taps. Sorry, Brittany. <laughs> Um, so her boss basically said, if you want any sort of recommendation from this firm, which is your, I think it's her first job. It's the, you know, she's trying to get established as a graphic designer. She's like, then you're going to go do this job in Galena Landing and you better do a great job at it. Otherwise, effectively, like I will ruin you in terms, you'll never get this sort of job again. So she goes, she's not excited about it. But she has family there. She has a cousin. Cousin, yeah. Cousin there. Um, because those Santoros are everywhere. <laughs> um, and she ends up taking this job and is just appalled at what has been going on. She's like, wow, there's a lot of work to do. Um, but the guy, and let me look, what's his name? Is it Miles? Trayan. Trayan. Wow, it's not Miles at all. Not I don't Miles know where Miles came from. Miles <laughs> came from memories of mist in the urban yeah. farm pressure. Okay, that's that's probably what it is. Sorry, I do sorry. My characters multiple times. So the hero, um, Trayan, really would like to do some of the graphic design. He would like a little extra pay for his job. He would like to get into something a little more interesting than what he's doing. He is doing this job basically to take care of his child um, and to provide for um, this ex-wife who's a real piece of work. Um, nobody will cry at her funeral. So, um, <laughs> so um, anyway, he's really super bitter that they hired this outsider to do this job because he would have been perfectly capable of handling it if they would just have let him. And so um, thus starts the book. You've got Grumpy doesn't want to be there, butting heads with wanted that job, um, definitely doesn't want to be attracted to her. And it's just fun being back in Galena Landing. You get to see um, your Green Acres girls and well, their families. There's so much more now than the original three. It has exploded. Yeah. Um, they're doing all these classes. They have the school. They still have their communal straw bale home that they all meet and eat in. Um, but it's fun to visit um, Green Acres again and be back in Galena Landing. And I just really enjoy seeing the evolution and growth of the town. And now they're, they're getting this farm farmer's market up off the ground, trying to make it a more sustainable revenue generating thing. Um, and to do that, they need more than like a marker on a poster board for advertising. <laughs> so uh, it's a great kickoff to the series. Um, I'm sad that the second one in the series is far away. When is that? Spring. It's 2023. Spring of 2023. <laughs> so maybe just reset for May, the, I want to say third or sixth or something. Okay. It may get moved up, but the way life is this yeah. summer and fall, I'm not going to guarantee that. So read this one, or at least just put it in your Kindle with a note to read it in like 
you know, February. <laughs> that would work. Which is what I've done. I actually haven't started it yet because I have such an appalling memory. I like, I mean, I am, if in an ideal world, I would binge, but I don't have enough reading time to actually indulge that. So sometimes I'll park books and like, I'll read that just before the next one comes out. Then I remember what's going on. I have to love fans who say, oh, when a new book in that series comes out, I have to read all the books that come ahead of it. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I love you too, but I, I can't, I can't do it myself. Um, I, books, so little time. Yeah. I have a yeah. couple series that I'll do that for, but in general, no, I don't. Yeah. I might just read like one or two before to remind myself. And you read so much more quickly than I do. I do. Well, not lately this year, <laughs> this year <laughs> not so much. But. The year of the great move and all yeah. that. All right. Norelle, you got a second one? Can I ask one question about the last one? Just because yeah. there could be read on this, as this I was listening to the conversation, there could yeah. be readers that have this question. With Brittany, is mm-hmm. she repentant when when the book actually opens? Is she um, repentant about having had the affair? Because yeah. I, I know this will be a sticking. I know this will be a sticking point for some readers. But if we can reassure them in terms of how her journey goes on that, I think that would be helpful. She gets there. She does not start there. She starts there okay. as I am checking off days, like I'm xing them out on my calendar until I'm out of this, and then I am off to New York City which is on the whole other side of the country from my family. Nobody's going to police how I live. Nobody's going to police what I do. Um, And then that she, her faith, I would say actually develops as opposed to even grows because she's so like, she might have accepted Christ, but that was all she did. Um, She had no interest whatsoever in any sort of spiritual growth. Um, she goes to church with her cousin because she knows it'll get back to her mom if she doesn't. Yeah, okay. yeah, because because they'll tattle if she, if she doesn't. Um, and she's looking forward again to getting to New York City so that nobody needs to know what she does. Um, so yeah, no, at the start she is very much um, she's mad she got caught, um, and that's about it. But she does, and she does recognize that she did stupid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ish. Like, but more though that the stupid things got her caught. It's not so much that she had an affair. It's more that they should have been more careful and maybe pick someone who's not married. Um, okay. maybe like, well, but she doesn't even like at the very start of the book. She doesn't even really have a problem with that because that's his problem. And if he was married, then he should have he should have yeah. protected his marriage. That's not my fault. Um, so she's not. She didn't know he was married. She's not lovable on the very first page but for me like I know Valerie always gets them there so and she has redeeming characteristics but um and she does go through just a beautiful growth through the course of the book okay um she does absolutely I think that readers who would have a problem with Brittany with her starting point might also have a problem with Trey's starting point as a divorced yeah. person. Okay. He's fairly bitter. Um, yeah. Cause he, they both have very good faith arcs and really strong growth develop and development as characters and in their spiritual lives. He's very bitter. Um, they're both kind of bitter about different things, but they, <laughs> they, um, they grow beautifully. Um, and you see yep. like neither of them are 
total depravity. Like you don't read and it's like, why am, why do I care? You know, they, they both have reasons that you care um, enough to keep going. They're, they're not villains. <laughs> yes. In disguise. No. Yeah. Yeah. So she really is the bad girl who comes good in the story. Yeah. And he's got to deal with this horrible ex that's obviously poisoning his life. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Poisoning his Thank child. you for the clarification. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What's your second? My second. My second is, oh, what is my second? My second is The Billionaire's Nanny by Elizabeth <laughs> Madry. So I took my billionaires out of the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and decided I needed to start reading them. So this is book one in the Billionaire's Next Door book series. One. You really have changed, turned over a new leaf. I'm impressed. I, I do read in order. In an ideal world, if I had plenty of time, I would read books in order. I just don't have enough reading time to win. I've just got to be practical sometimes. <laughs> And sometimes I do jump ahead. And if I'm short on time, life is too short to read a book that you're not in the mood for. And so sometimes I'll read an opening chapter and think, now I'm going to skip to the next one and I'll backtrack. Because romance is all pretty much standalone anyway. And you know what's going to happen. There's no spoiler because you know they get together. But anyway. So you have a good good pick for your your second read. I'll let you carry on now. Thank you thank you so and I so with um the billionaire's nanny I just absolutely love the premise for this book so um the whole series is based around um these guys it's a guy friend group and they pick they're all they're techies into that sort of world in Washington DC mm-hmm. and one of them which I think it's Scott was the ring was the main one who's yeah. driving all this says there's this stock if we buy this stock we could do really well so he convinces his friends to go in and he's so generous he actually puts in a larger share than anybody else by a country mile but he says we'll split it evenly he's so sweet he's a very very generous person and so what happens is that it actually pays off in a bigger jackpot than they could have imagined and so they're all they all end up being billionaires so they're billionaires who've just recently become billionaires so that's really fun (laughs) and so but we and I think I have preconceived ideas about billionaires and this one sort of smashed all those ideas out of the water as well because Scott really is a very down-to-earth, normal, humble guy and he doesn't actually really change his life. Like he's still living in this small apartment. He's in the old town section of DC and he's still going to work every day and he just happens to have money. But his mother decides to go and broadcast to the family, oh, my son is now a billionaire. You can can just imagine it. And so he has this distant cousin who lives in L.A., who hears about this billionaire um, cousin and thinks, you know, something ever happened to me, he'd be a good person to look after my son because he's rich. He could afford to, like, take care of him. So she names Scott as the guardian. And, of course, we have our heroine, Whitney, who's babysitting for her friend, and then there's an accident and the friend passes away and she's looking after little boy Beckett, and she's absolutely shocked when she goes to the lawyer's office and hears that um, Beckett's been left to this cousin he's never known on the East Coast who's a billionaire. So she convinces a lawyer to let her take Beckett over on the plane to meet him, and she... She's really sweet with me. I really like Whitney. She's really, she has a really good heart. And she was just really concerned for this little boy. I think he's, is he three? Yeah. Four, three. Wasn't so Beckett he's amazing? I loved Beckett. 
<laughs> yes. And um, he's so sweet and she just loves him so much and was really, in a way, heartbroken that her friend did not leave her as a custodian. Not that she has any money. She's originally from Kansas. She's a, a wannabe actor who can barely rub two cents together and is working the day jobs to while she's trying to get the big break, which hasn't happened yet. So she packs up a life effectively, jumps on a plane to DC and is like, well, I, I'm going to see if this billionaire will give me custody. Why on earth would he want to look after a little boy? But of course she hadn't met Scott. So her <laughs> Whitney's plans all fall apart and she ends up being the live-in nanny. And it is such a sweet story and I really enjoyed it. And I'm on a bit of a theme here in terms of propriety today because the one <laughs> thing that, <laughs> that I really did like about this story, and maybe I wouldn't have even thought of it unless it came up, was um, if you've got any concerns about reading a Christian romance where you've got the characters living in the same residence, Without, without having um, like an aunt or a parent or someone as a chaperone, then that actually does get raised in the story and I thought it was handled really well too. But there was Beckett. Yes. Yeah, yes, there was Beckett, but that doesn't count for some people though. Three-year-old, <laughs> such a great chaperone. <laughs> yes, and she has her own self-contained apartment. He ends up buying, having to buy a new place and she ends up with this gorgeous top floor, pretty much self-contained apartment within his townhouse and all that kind of thing. But I just loved the story and I loved how she fitted in with the girls connected to his guy group. And um, as we know, Beth, Beth does really good guy group stories. She so really does. Get all, you get all, yeah, get all the good stuff with that as well. But it was a great opening story to a series and I'm looking forward to reading more and I've started book two oh, and wow. I'm enjoying that one too. I, um, I'll put in, yeah, I'll just say definitely um, I'm one of Beth's first readers and when she sent it off to me, she's like, tell me all the things that are wrong with it. And I sent it back and I went, well, there's a couple of commas in the wrong place. <laughs> Like, I said, this is as close to perfect a story of, of a romance arc and stuff as, as I've seen it. And yeah, there's some extra um, stuff on the side that you don't usually find in a billionaire book or the, mm -hmm. the nanny book. It's not a secret baby. It's not his child. You know, so there's some different twists to it. But yeah, I love the, the whole premise and the way it played out as well. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So reader, go get in on the ground floor. <laughs> Two is not long out and book three is, I don't know, momentary, I think. Maybe already I'm, out, maybe coming soon because because <clears throat> we're a little in advance recording, but yeah, should be pretty close. End of September, early October is the goal. Okay, cool. so still a couple weeks out. Good, good. Can't wait. What you got for your next one, Valerie? Apparently, I'm on the Emily theme. We had Emily Conrad, and my second one is by Emily Dana Botris. Okay. The Trouble with Tulips. And you know, Norelle, I've been poking fun at you today for picking book ones. <laughs> so this one, I talked to you guys about um, another book in the series a few months ago, probably back in March or April. And, and um, that was the, the Loophole in Lilies, and it was book four in the series. Mm -hmm. So this is book one that I just read now <laughs> the trouble with tulips and I have to say that the the two um books have siblings um as the main characters and I just kept going okay but Duncan's story hasn't happened yet this is his sister like who is who uh -huh. is happily married and whatever all in book four it's like 
I just had to keep putting my brain back into forget what happened later because yeah anyways so you should read books in order I should read books in order um Kim has dreamed about her big brother's best friend for years she's had a crush on him since she was a teenager but he's never noticed her um now her mom has an autoimmune disease and she's always loved gardening and she likes to enter her garden into this annual contest thing. And she says something to Kim about it. And Kim's like, I, I can make that happen for you. And so she calls her big brother's best friend who is a landscape designer and says, would you help me do this for my mom? And he doesn't want to because, because he's really grumpy. We've got the grumpy um, trope. This guy mm -hmm. is like the ultimate grumpy trope. So, but finally he does, he does find himself pulled into it. He's best friends with her brother. He's hung out in their house. He knows her, their mom. He likes her. He does, you know, whatever, he'll help. But he feels um, incredible guilt for the way his own mother and brother passed away. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as he begins to realize that Kim has a thing for him and oh my goodness, he might have a thing for her. Then he's just like, no, no, no. Brick walls, blocks, everything. <laughs> so he tries to keep her at a distance. Um, and Kim, of course, has her own struggles. And she's about five or six years younger than him. So she's trying to still sort out why she stayed in her hometown. She suspects it's because of this thing with Jake. And now Jake is like, First, he acknowledges he likes her, and then he puts up this brick wall, and she's like, fine, I just need out of here, but what do I really need in life? So um, it's it's got some of those fun tropes going on, and I really did enjoy it. And <clears throat> I think that just, you know, I think I'll read book two next. <laughs> Not book five, yeah, you know, just or three. Might, might as well, <laughs> might as well read book two next. Cool. That sounds fun. Brother's best friend is always good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen one. I'm trying to remember uh, the title of it where the best where the brother was the younger brother, oh. the best friend. So then you've got the age thing, you know. With she, the older lady. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, even if you're like, I mean, if you're 14 and 17, that's incredibly horrible. Yeah. But if you're 24 and 27, is it still incredibly horrible? It might be, you know. So it's just, it's just a hard one, but it's a fun twist on it as well. Yeah. Cool. My second one is Potential Threat by Tara Grace Erickson, and it is romantic suspense, but it's not super <laughs> suspense-y, um, but it is, it is romantic suspense. Um, it is a lifestyle icon TV chef is the girl and it is also brother's best friend but her brother's best friend happens to work for her brother's bodyguard agency which works out well because she is getting threats um and so her brother is like you go protect my sister because i trust you to do that but also don't look at her that way or you know if you put your hands on her i will murder you so um so it's got, it's, it's really kind of fun. Um, this is the spinoff. We talked about. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. We talked about Dandelion, Dancing with Dandelion. Yes. 
um, with Tara and Andy and the guy, the guy started a security agency. And so this is that security agency. Um, so we don't see Andy and her husband, but we hear about them. They are mentioned. They're the other owners. They own it with this brother. Um, okay. And I didn't write down the guy's name because, you know, that would have been useful. So of course I didn't do that, but um, it was really fun. It was, um, it's not the kind of romantic suspense that leaves you like gripping the edge of your chair tightly as you turn the pages, like waiting. It's, it's a, it's a gentler romantic suspense. If that makes any sense, there's still suspense, but it's not, your heart's not pounding and you're not like, you could it's maybe a, fall asleep at 11 o'clock at night if you'd been reading it. Yeah, you could read a chapter two before bed and still go to sleep and not have nightmares or heart palpitations or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's not. Um, I have not, enough trouble sleeping without adding. Yeah. A, it's not scary. Um, and is it 50 50 romance suspense or is it more romance? Honestly, I'd say it's a little, I'd say it's heavier on the romance than the suspense. There's definitely suspense. It's not just romance with a suspensey thread. It is, it is still a suspense. I, I think it's legitimately romantic suspense, but it is not, um, Irene Hannon, you know, where, (laughs) where you're like, I love wow. Hannon's beach romances, which are not suspensive <laughs> at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, it's not Terry Blackstock. It's, um, but yeah, it's it's really good, um, and I enjoyed it, and I'm I'm excited to see how that pans out, and I love the little tie to Dandelion and Bloom's Farm and that yeah. kind of thing. So I have um, to ask: Does yeah. did she set that series in Minden as well? No, it's in a okay. city. Just curious because she has kind of done to Minden what I've done to all my yes. series as well. They're all interlinked and towns people yeah. and farm people and whoever all is. I feel like know. she might be in New York City. I, the agency, the protection agency is in DC area, but I feel like the the chef is either in Chicago or New York City and it might be Sorry Chicago. Be- on the spot. Yeah, sorry, I didn't write it down. It's it's it might be Chicago because that would be near Minden. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know, but it's not in Minden. It's in this one in particular is in a city, and I know the agency is based in DC. But and it'd have to be a city if it's they're filming TV stuff. Mostly yeah. that's in a city as well. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be very famous for them to come to you. Right. Yeah. And she's, she lives in this penthouse high rise. So, which again, they don't have most places that aren't cities. <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't see those. Small in the town Minden and Galena <laughs> Landing don't have high rises. Who no, knew? Not generally. Um, so did anybody, we're kind of long. Did anybody have a third they desperately needed to talk about? I only had two I'm Emily. Good. Okay. I'm Excellent. good. Yay. We would love to know what you've been reading lately. Feel free to tell us in the comments. We appreciate you joining us at Story Chats. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. You can subscribe if you're listening just to the audio on your podcast to your podcast app as well. And that's always good for us. Um, We would love to see you back with us next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye.
Bye. Bye, everyone.